0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jared. Down here we have the one and only South Jersey Jason. I hope you enjoyed the latest intro that we put up before this. Figured we wanted some uh, some new shit. Yeah, spice it up a little bit. Damn right. Damn right. How the hell are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. It's Friday. Yes,
1: I this week it. I think. I think, I mean, you were in Connecticut just about all week uh, training, which you know, training is not good for. I mean, it's good to learn new things, but it's also like
0: well, uh, at the same time. But here's the deal. What? They're training me on shit I've been running for five years, so I already know it. So you should be the one training. Well, I mean, it. they came in from Korea. They're the guys that make these machines. So okay, I understand why, but it ended up being like. Was it North Korea or South Korea? definitely south korea they kept they kept (laughs) fucking with north korea though it was funny because we were like where does samsung come from you're like north korea like no it doesn't i
1: thought that was entertaining yeah speaking of uh north korea supposedly they developed a missile that can cause a seismic tsunami like oh the
0: same guys that couldn't get theirs off the ground yeah Yeah. Uh, that's a horror story in itself, though. Uh, North Korea, so okay, we should cover that one day. Yeah. Kim Jong-un pissed we off would
1: need, at us. We would, need a, we would need a couple of nights, you know, we're gonna end up like uh
0: Jonah Hill and uh, <laughs> what's his face, <laughs> James Franco James Franco, yeah. All right,
1: All right so, so
0: have you watched anything? Because I just watched Gacy and I liked um,
1: it. Is that the one with the the bully from Pee Wee's Playhouse, yep. is that one. Uh, you know, i never seen it. I have it on my list. Is it good?
0: I like it. I, yeah. I, I think he does a good job. Um, it's got a very young. <sighs> wow. The... He's in Chucky. He was Casper. Final Death Devon oh, Sawa, Sawa plays a little punk ass. Is
1: he like one of the victims?
0: I don't know if. I don't remember if he ended up one of them. No, no, because oh, okay. he quit
1: before that. Gotcha. Now, have you ever seen the TV movie Brian Dennehy came out like early 90s? No, but I heard that was good because it was like it, the cop's chase after him. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Gacy because I was listening to Stern 101, which is like just basically old recordings. And they had a author on there, and this is going back some years, but he wanted to, he wrote a book about serial killers, but he befriended gacy through first to start as pen pals and then he got to do phone calls with him and he let gacy like basically think he was in control he wanted he wanted to be a pseudo victim and it was it was pretty good i had i'll have to like track down like the author and everything but yeah i think it was like i mean this is going back like 20 years like you know and he obviously it was right before like maybe a couple of gacy's final years before you know before he died so when did he die was it early early 90s yeah
0: um, early early to mid-90s yeah
1: yeah so i had to be like around dahmer because dahmer, yeah because yeah. um,
0: they yeah because it was so it was mid-90s
1: yeah speaking of dahmer um I will be getting my 4K copy of The Exorcist 3 over the weekend. Oh, very so. cool. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I haven't watched any horror movies this week. The only movie I did pop in but have to finish is uh, I got the Blu-ray copy of Dr. Giggles. And I forgot it It wasn't that bad. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because very young Holly Marie Combs is in it from Charmed. Yeah. And um, also, I uh, can't think of his name right now. But he played Mark, the boyfriend of Becky from Roseanne. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's the boyfriend of Holly Marie Combs, and sadly, he committed suicide in two thousand one or two because he was on the first season of Angel, the spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he oh. played like a good demon. And uh, after season one, he committed suicide. But uh. It, it, you know, it just took me back to a day when I was old enough to go to the movies and start seeing these horror movies. And Larry Drake was good as Dr. Giggles. You know, uh, it was all his little puns, you know. So um, like the funny one was I was actually reading IMDB, like when he's like killing the lady with the the throat thing when you say ah, like they they built a whole mouth and he had like an oversized tongue depressor. So... But yeah, that's all I've seen. Uh, I might pop in one of my fan films that I got on DVD tonight. Maybe uh, the Texas Chainsaw Sawyer Massacre. I got a I got a pack for New Jersey Archon. Hey, you're heading down, heading down. I forgot heading that was down. this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So I'm driving down, leaving at nine o'clock in the morning, picking up my friend Catherine, uh, old old friend of mine. I don't know if you remember TW Sports. Oh yeah, we worked together there like '96 you know how i know you're old (laughs) which is now like raymore flanagan yeah but um yeah so i'm meeting up with jim and gracie whom i work with at sam goody again you know how i know you're old (laughs) jim was my manager at uh sam goody and gracie uh i worked with and uh well they're now married so we've been friends god since 1996 so who, who are you hunting for uh, the only person that I'm getting an autograph from is Judy Aranson, who is um, she played Sam in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. She was the one that was on the raft and got like, uh, yep, yep. yeah. And fun fact, uh, she actually shared a story. She used to babysit Chris Pine when he was a kid. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so and then Catherine, it's her first um, horror convention, and she's doing a pro photo op with Miko Hughes, so from, you know, uh, Gage from Petentary, yep, Yep. and of course, uh, New Nightmare. New Nightmare. My friend Gracie is a big Eric Roberts fan, and every time he goes, she goes, and every time she goes, he cancels, so she was all excited because... So far, he didn't cancel, and then like I think you sent me the the graphic, and I sent it to her, I, and she was so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then um, after that, we're gonna hit up the Hard Rock and go to the buffet.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, Let me know how the, that is. I haven't been to that buffet. I, yet.
1: I've been to one. It's not. It's not bad. I was there once. Any the crab place.
0: legs? Not
1: that nine. I damn went. it. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to stay overnight I'm going to, I got a cheap hotel, the days in or whatever it's called. I just need something to sleep. So I'll head back home Sunday. Very good. We can talk about it next week.
0: Our business cards are in. There's another awesome. thing. So you'll see awesome. them coming around. Awesome.
1: Uh So yeah before we get into today's topic I figured we can continue with news of the week and it was kind of a quiet week you know I was scouring bloody disgusting so not a lot but we'll get into it real quick this one you know I like a good horror movie about uh, historical location or a good horror house haunted house I know you do. So there's a new movie coming out called Lore, L-U-R-E, and it's by Corin Hardy, who I've never heard. Well, he directed The Nun, I guess he directed The Nun, but it's um, you know based- The Nun.
0: I didn't like it first, but it grew on me after the second. I have week.
1: to I have to revisit it. I only watched it once.
0: It I maybe because I was on a plane and just not in the mood for that shit. But the second time I watched it, I liked it.
1: Okay. Yeah, so um, so this is about it's a horror movie based on Mississippi's most haunted location. Corin Hardy has set up his next project with Deadline announcing that Hardy will direct the horror movie, Lore, for Platinum Dunes and Universal Pictures. Deadline reports the story is based on the haunting of the real-life King's Tavern, considered to be the most haunted building in all of Mississippi, with one of its tenants being the murdered mistress of one of the tavern's original owners. Wikipedia describes the locale as the city's oldest standing building, King's Tavern is rich in history, and that includes the paranormal kind. It is considered the most haunted restaurant in Mississippi. The building is believed to be haunted by several ghosts, including Madeline, the mistress of the tavern's original owners. Although many believe Madeline was murdered by the wife of her lover, no one is sure what happened to her. In the 1930s, when the skeletal remains of three bodies, two men and one woman, which was assumed to be Madeline, hidden in the wall behind the fireplace, a jewel dagger was found with the remains which was assumed to be the murder weapon. Aside from the supernatural happenings believed to be caused by Madeline, employees have reported hearing a baby crying, seeing mysterious reflections appear in mirrors, and an unoccupied bed giving off a warmth as if someone was sleeping in it. So Michael Bay and Brad Fuller are producing for Platinum Dunes. Brad Fuller, as you know, is uh, hot on um, the uh, Crystal Lake uh, TV show. I just, I have a feeling it's going to be... The liberties are going to be taken from the story and they'll probably make it their own. But I love it when it's more factual. Nope. To me, that's more scary. All right. I know you're excited for this one. Nope. Jordan Peele. And that's the
0: reason why is nope.
1: (laughs) Jordan Peele's fourth movie will be released for Christmas 2024. We don't have a title or any plot information, but Bloody Disgusting has learned that Universal Pictures will release. Jordan Peele's fourth movie at the tail end of next year. Peele's untitled fourth movie will be released in theaters on December 25th. Additionally, Universal has announced an untitled Monkey Paul horror thrower for release on Friday, September 27th, 2024. Monkey Paul is, of course, Jordan Peele's production company. So I think he's a one-hit wonder or maybe two-hit wonder. You know, people love Get Out. I hated it. You like Get Out, right? I loved Get Out. Yeah, I didn't like it, but I loved us, and a lot of people didn't like us.
0: I haven't watched us yet, so what? I, yeah, I haven't watched it yet,
1: dude. You gotta watch it, it's really good. It made it even that more scary when I went to Halloween Horror Nights and they had the <laughs> us in place, so that was really
0: cool. Oh, well, we can break into that news. Uh, Universal's Horror Nights announced their date September 1st. Did now. Didn't last year they have been up a little earlier, though? September right? 2nd. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I think it's because it like of the weekend switch, but it's the same time. Okay. No, it was exactly. September. Um, Their saying is, uh, come join us in the fog. And they have mugs with fog all over it. And if, I wonder if they're doing a
1: fog house. And like if uh...
0: anyone knows anything about me, I love Haunt Fog. And yeah, I, so I like it, too. Like, the
1: whole laser thing. Anyone you know?
0: heading out to HHN, I will Venmo cash app whatever for a mug i want That's that mug cool.
1: nice um all right so this okay i love a good shark movie and sadly we don't get a lot um i did like um what was it called the shallows yep with, um Very that was good. a good one i liked the first 47 meters down yep um i liked the first uh deep blue sea yep. you know uh the meg was just i did not like it i felt it was too comical and they did not follow the book the black demon now i don't know if it's being released in theaters or if it's video on demand but it has josh lucas who i like he's also the if you ever hear the home depot commercials uh that's the he's doing the the voiceover for that but um it's being directed from lambo the rambo last blood director adrian grunberg the Black Demon is based on a Mexican legend, and IGN has debuted the Action Horror Movies so official trailer this week. Check it out. It looks really good. Basically, it's about a Meg in Mexico. The Black Demon will release exclusively in theaters on April 28th. Okay, it's on April. Okay. It's in theaters, and you can watch the trailer I put below, but uh, just type it in. So basically, Josh Lucas, um, he works for like an oil company, and he has to go out to an oil rig, and... Uh, he takes his family with him, and they have to take, like, a boat out to the rig. Apparently, there was, um, you can see oil on um, the, the the ocean. He goes to find the crew, and they're all gone except for a dog and some other guy. And basically, they're saying that the shark is um, a curse. And they show the shark, and my God, does it look good. Like, it looks, I'm just hoping it's a good shark movie because unfortunately it's making a good shark movie is like trying to make a good texas chainsaw massacre movie yeah so um check out the trailer the black demon um it doesn't look cheesy the guy (laughs) you want to talk about cheesy shark movie the guy who made the room, I can't think of his name. It came out like in the early '90s, and then um, James Franco and Dave Franco made a movie about making that movie. Like it was, it's like one of the worst movies I've ever made. Uh, he's making a shark movie, and a trailer came out a couple of years ago. It was like right before the pandemic, and it looks like a sci-fi type shark movie uh so i i even forget it's like a I think like what happens the town gets flooded and sharks get in or something like that but it looks really bad <laughs> all right are you a fan of uh you're a fan of house of a thousand corpses
0: right huge fan one of my all favorite right. movies
1: so rob zombie um is recording new house of a thousand corpses commentary uh for the 20th anniversary it's coming out next month so i kind of want to get it because the 4k box art looks really cool uh so I, I might get it this year marks the 20th anniversary i can't believe it 20 years ago yep. that soundtrack was good too i had was that soundtrack. i got it from circuit city again you know how old you are <laughs> um so it's coming out again and there's gonna be new commentary i don't really listen to commentaries all that much you know um because i focus more on the movies and you know so i might i might get it Out of all his movies, I would say this one and Devil's Rejects are my favorite. Uh, I haven't watched Three from Hell yet. I started to, but I fell asleep.
0: It ended up okay.
1: What, Three from Hell? Yeah. Okay. All right. So if you're an Evil Dead fan, you better uh, start watching it on Netflix. Because as of April, the Ash vs. Evil Dead is going to be no longer on Netflix. I'm not sure where it's going to end up um because as we all know the new movie comes out next month so i never watched the third season but it was pretty good i'm not a big evil dead fan but if, if, if you're an evil dead fan, obviously you've watched um ash versus evil dead okay this came out breaking news breaking yesterday news. the exorcist linda blair reportedly appearing in the upcoming legacy sequel Uh, that david gordon green is doing the exorcist is set to be a legacy follow-up to the original classic and above the line reports this week that linda blair is involved in some capacity jeff snyder reports linda blair will reprise her role as reagan mcneil above the line has exclusively learned sources say that blair was only on set for a few days so she's not in the film all that much but her return to the franchise should make fans headspin with excitement. Dun dun dun. It's worth noting that Blumhouse spokesperson only confirmed to Snyder that Blair served as an advisor on the new movie, refusing to confirm or deny an on-screen appearance. If she is indeed in the film, as Snyder reports, it would mark Linda Blair's first appearance in the Exorcist franchise since the original sequel back in 1977, which is a big pile of horseshit. If she is indeed in, uh, uh, let's say, Gordon Green is directing the brand new sequel to the Exorcist for Universal Blumhouse and Morgan Creek. That will pave the way for a new trilogy. They paid $400 million for the rights. Better not fuck it up. (laughs) Um, So the first plot details were provided last year's tease um so we have uh leslie odom jr will play the father of possessed child is desperate for help he tracks down mrs um burston's character which is the mom ellen burston she was supposed to be a monster man a couple weeks ago but uh she had canceled i hope she's okay because she's you know getting up there in years uh so it's kind of cool that they're bringing a mom back in that capacity you know like i'm i'm thinking maybe he's going to go through like the internet and he comes across uh The mom, you know. Um, So David Gordon Green wrote the script for The Exorcist, which features a story by Green Scott Teams, who uh, helped with Halloween Kills and Danny McBride. The Exorcist franchise hasn't been on the screen since the 2005 release of Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist, an alternate version of the previous year's Exorcist: The Beginning. Those films came in the wake of 1977's The Exorcist 2, The Heretic, and 1990's The Exorcist 3. More recently, The Exorcist became a short-lived television series at Fox, which was surprisingly excellent and cleverly took place in the same world as the original, which was good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. They had, you know, basically the first season was dealt with Gina Davis, who was an adult, um, Regan, and her daughter was getting possessed they bring back the mom but it was played by someone else i believe so we have these two um priests that come in one is an exorcist but he's like um uh what do you call it like a uh, um he's not by the books exorcist okay and then you have a young younger guy who's just learning and They, they left that season up for like more to deal with Reagan, but what they decided to do was in the second season, they're like traveling exorcists now because they were kicked out of the church. Um, all right. And then we also have one more thing, which I'm kind of excited for. Maybe you are excited too. Amityville, an origin story, uh, is coming on MGM plus it's a limited series. I believe it's four episodes, uh, it's going to tell the story behind the world's most famous haunted house tale, the Amityville murders, which I want to see. I'm tired of always talking about the Lutzes and everything. You don't see a lot of great docs about the DeFeo murders, except for your podcast, which you had very extensive stuff. Um, the project is the first elevated look at every aspect of this Wiley layered story about the heinous murder of a family of six that became eclipsed by a Paranormal Controversy. Uh, the 1979 blockbuster film, The Amityville Horror, inspired the book of the same title by Jay Anson, spawned an ever-expanding universe of movies. I think we have about 40 now, the most recent being like Amityville Vibrator. They actually went to space. Amityville Karen. Amityville uh, Shark. Amityville Shark, Amityville Asylum, Clownhouse. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. Um all right. So, but the mass murder behind the hauntings and its alleged ties to organized crime. Left a, left a long trail of questions that have never been fully explored. Rooted in the dark cultural undercurrents of the 70s, the series features firsthand accounts from witnesses, family members, and former investigators appearing on camera for the first time. Exclusive archival footage. Newly unearthed images and stunning original photography we are woven together into the most compelling and comprehensive telling of the Annabelle story yet, taking viewers on a heart pounding roller coaster ride through the mythology, factual record, and devastating human tolls of this notorious meta narrative. And I can assume you're gonna watch it and you're gonna be like, "False, false, inaccurate. Who's this idiot?"
0: <laughs> Maybe I there's. <sighs> Listen, I'm not going to be fucking happy until I have a 38 Marlin in my hand on the third floor of that house. I pull the trigger, and if you can't hear it from outside, I'm good. Right. If you can, something fucking weird happened that night.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I looked into how much MGM Plus is. So you can sign up for a seven-day free trial. After that, it's 5.99 a month. Their um, library is really anything you can find on any other streaming channel, basically. So I'll
0: sign up for a month and be done with it. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm interested on what's... There's sides to the DeFeo story. You have Rick Asuna who listens to Crackpot, Ronnie DeFeo, why, why you take what he says in the fucking heart, and then it's just weird that the historical society will not add their two cents. It's just weird. They won't test certain things that are easy to test and shut everyone the fuck up. They won't do that. There's certain hidden shit to this.
1: Yeah, you would think, um, like the town, you know, it's like they don't want they don't want to be a so the town like wants you to forget about this, but wouldn't it be make more sense to finally tell the truth and right you know i'm like, not
0: saying like it's a police scandal but there's more than meets the eye like yeah. transformers because i mean we can go on for hours about, but the thing is some weird happened that night and yeah. nobody's saying it you can hear a dog bark but you can hear a gunshot a loud gun not just yeah. a pistol and then yeah. they go into the mafia yes ronnie's grandfather had ties but guess what Ronnie's dad wasn't high enough for the mob to kill an entire family. Right. With
1: rifles? No. But would the mob, isn't that against their code to kill? It still happens,
0: but you got to be a real pain in the ass for that to happen. Right. Especially in the 70s when they were following these codes. And the last Mm -hmm. thing you're going to have is a car full of mobsters walk in with fucking Yellowstone rifles.
1: Right. Did you see the one Amityville uh, movie where Burt Young played the grandfather? Yes, that's yeah. two Amityville too. No, 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 no. He played the father. There was a movie that came out maybe five years ago, maybe called The Amityville Murders. Um, the sister uh, Diane, who played the sister, she ended up playing the mom in this one, and Burt Young played the grandfather, who was like. Yeah. It actually wasn't, I, like, I'm, you might, like, you might shoot it down, like, for any, any accuracies, but as far as Amityville movies that we've gotten recently, this one wasn't bad. It was directed by Daniel Farrin, so, yeah, who, you know, um, but yeah, I'll send you the IMDB link and take a look at it. All right, cool. When's this come out? Uh, next month, I think April 22nd. Um. Do I have the date in there? Uh, uh, uh I don't have the date. I think it's I think it's April 22nd. Hold okay. on. Uh let me put my calendar. April tw- it's either 21st or 22nd. They're they're starting their halfway to Halloween a little early, and this is what's kicking it off.
0: Yeah, I have haunts reaching out already for halfway to Halloween. Nice. All right. So all right. Gonna I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put Abneyville in the back of my head. Because it just pisses yeah. me off It right. really does Just For everyone out there that doesn't know They found five bodies In the bed still sleeping After Shooting A 38 Marlin Which is a very loud gun If you ever watched Yellowstone You hear it across this fucking land You're gonna tell me the two houses That are less than a block away Can't hear the gunfire and it's not on a massive lake. Sound carries over water. You could have heard this from across the fucking town. But no one woke up. Everyone was in their bed. And then they're saying the sister had a pistol, and helped. But all the bullets were from the thirty-eight rifle. What? I'm telling Damn, you. All right. A-
1: it's unfortunately a it's a, a mystery that will never get solved because
0: Ronnie took it to his grave. I I can help. Give me twenty minutes, three rounds, and I'll put Brian at the end of the street. Can you hear this? <laughs> I'll shoot into a little trash can and won't hurt anything. I can I can fix this in ten minutes. Yeah.
1: All right. All so- righty all right so we're going to continue uh down the nightmare on elm street franchise with
0: i would love to tell you this is going to get better tonight but it's not
1: <laughs> this would be okay so this is, is this your least favorite yes. one yeah okay which is weird well, no, because it's the, the reboot's your least favorite right that doesn't count it's not okay. even on our list <laughs> Fuck that movie. so we're going to discuss around on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. The
0: Dream Child. We're going to play this trailer real quick. It's a short one. It's a theatrical trailer, so it's like 30 seconds. Here we go. So that was the trailer. Uh, it's a boy. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Uh, this was the first one I saw in theaters, I believe.
1: Okay. I remember my friend went and saw it, and he, uh, you know, I met up with him after the movie, and he was telling me all about it, you know, like my mom wouldn't let me go see it. But uh, <laughs> this is this is when, would you say, the franchise took a nosedive, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Um, a lot of things were a little far-fetched that didn't make sense, that didn't yeah. need to happen, because right. it would be a really cool scene, and then why the fuck am I looking at a medieval castle in Springwood, Ohio? Mm-hmm. Like, I know she's sleeping, but why is it a fucking castle? <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll get to that. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, directed by Stephen Hopkins and written by Leslie Boehm. It is the fifth installment in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. That's why it's Nightmare on Elm Street 5. The Dream Child was released on August eleventh, 1989 and grossed $22.1 million on a budget of $8 million. So, it didn't really make anything. Up. A steep decline in box office receipts from Dream Warriors and the Dream Master, while still a box office success and the highest grossing slasher film of 1989. It receives mostly negative reviews from critics and fans. I wonder why, like,
1: I mean at this I mean by this time Freddy was a pop culture icon and it only grossed 22 million dollars. Like, because it was a wild...
0: stupid fucking idea. Yeah. You didn't need to take the baby route. Just keep fucking killing kids in Springwood. That's all you need. There has there's not to be a fucking story behind it. What has there been a story? (laughs) And then there's a fucking castle. (laughs) I got pissed off at that last night. I threw my sandwich down. I was like, why did he do that?
1: King Uh, Freddy. All
0: right. Plot. June 1989. A year after the previous film, Alice and Dan have started dating, and there's no sign of Freddy Krueger. One day, while taking a shower after having sex with Dan... As she was in the shower, it was a pretty nice scene. She has a vision <laughs> of herself, dressed in a nun's habit with a name tag saying Amanda Kruger at a strange asylum. Why is there millions of years of dirt hanging in an asylum in the 40s? <laughs> you did not build this in the 1500s. We're in fucking Ohio. No, it's a dream, so that's probably why it looked dirtier. It just its too much. The the thing the thing with this movie was too much. Right. She's attacked by patients at the hospital but wakes up. And next to her is a un up Robert England. Really? Yeah, he uh jumps at her in the dream and starts fighting with her, and then she wakes up. Oh, okay. The next day, Alice is graduating from high school alongside her new friends Greta, an inspiring but reluctant supermodel. She fit the mold. Mark, a comic book fan, and Yvonne, a hospital volunteer and swimmer. And and that's a, where
1: Yvonne was in like every eighties and nineties horror movie. And an <laughs>
0: actress too good to be in this movie. Yeah. And it was, was it was kinda like she was too good, it kinda hurt the movie.
1: Yeah, I, I always I'll forever always remember her as the older sister and um
0: people under the stairs. Yes. Yep. yep. Alice confides her nightmare to Dan, who tells her she is in control of her dreams. So, I'm going to go to the graduation, because we're moving on real quick. The, the fucking parents are out of comic books. Every single fucking one of them. The superstar dad, oh, kids and brats are, like, why are you doing that? And then the fucking supermodel mom, shut the fuck up. Why? Why? Why?
1: And where were these friends a year ago? Yeah! <laughs> to a
0: new school. <laughs> Would you get a whole new shipment of friends in after we killed the other ones? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alright, so on her way to work this is what pisses me the fuck off because it's a cool scene. She leaves her dad. Her dad's like, hey, do you want a ride? And she's like, no, it's just across the park. So she's walking, walking, walking. She hears a nursery rhyme. Starts piquing her interest. Starts getting dark out see cool scenes of the trees and the shadow and everything. And then you see a nun on steps to reveal a 1400s Castle Dracula. Why? We were cool with the nun. We didn't need to see the fucking building. Why are we in Dracula's castle? But the cool thing I did like about this movie, it kind of had throughout a Undertaker bell. Like, burn. Oh, really? it kind of creepy but you fucked it up by showing me a castle Mm -hmm. all right on her way to work alice finds herself back at the asylum where she sees amanda giving birth to a gruesomely deformed baby amanda tries to collect the baby before it escapes but it sneaks out of the operating room Mm -hmm. alice follows the baby into the church where she defeated Freddy in the previous film the baby finds Freddy's remains and quickly grows into an adult, hinting to Alice that he has found Lakita coming back. When he get, he, he gets a uh, cool scene, everything's mm-hmm. rising, she's watching it all grow, and then he hits a cross behind him and it throws him forward to show that he's got, like, 14-inch fingers and 15-inch toes. Like, what was that? Right. All right. All right. So then he dusts off the hat. You know, it's Kruger. Alarmed, she contacts Dan, who falls asleep in route to see her. Funny Kruger scene when they're in the truck together. And he's drinking the champagne. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bad yeah. year, Dan. But <laughs> still, I mean, Freddy was Freddy was Freddy, so I was cool. Mm-hmm. Plus, there wasn't a fucking castle. Freddy attacks and electrocutes Dan, turning him in. Nope, that didn't happen. So, Freddy takes control of his truck, crashes it, Dan flies through the window at the pool, great. so yeah. he's back where he started. So, he can't get into his truck, he gets out, and he finds a motorcycle with a key in it.
1: And this is where he turns into, like, a This Freddy is ready
0: yeah. Cool scene. That was actually a really and creepy, and too. And it holds yeah. up, because you couldn't yeah. watch the, I watched it on Blu-ray, and it held, you couldn't tell. Nice. You couldn't see, like, the brakes beforehand or anything. Okay. So, Freddy attacks and electrocutes Dan, turning him into a frightful man-machine hybrid before veering him into an oncoming traffic. Alice sees Dan's body come to life and taunt her before she faints. Hey, Alice. Want to make babies? (laughs) Walking in a hospital, she hears the news of Dan's death and that she is pregnant with his child. In the night, she is visited by a young boy named Jacob, but the next day, Yvonne tells her she's fucking nuts because there's no children on her floor, nor is there a children's ward. But this creepy looking kid came out of nowhere. And he's still creepy looking to this day. Yeah, he looks exactly the fucking same.
1: He looks like Isaac from freaking Children of the Corn all grown up. <laughs> um, he was also the creepy little kid in um, Jurassic Park when. Um,
0: that Sam isn't was- scary. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like yeah. a six foot turkey. <laughs> that was a cool scene. I like that scene. Yeah. I love yeah. Jurassic Park. Ah, uh, it still holds up today too.
1: I liked all of them. I didn't like The Lost World so Oh no, part what was it? Part two was good. Part three. Yeah. And
0: still yeah. fun though. Yeah. Alright, so moving on. Alice tells her friends about Freddy and his lineage. Yvonne's like, listen, I don't give a fuck, you're crazy. Yvonne refuses to listen, but Mark and Greta are more supportive. That afternoon at a dinner party at her home, Greta falls asleep at the table. She dreams of herself, snapping at her mother and ranting over her controlling nature before Freddy arrives, full tux, and the pitcher behind us in the chef hat, Mm -hmm. and forces Greta to eat her own organs before choking in front of a laughing audience. Rough with the face. Yeah. that did, I don't think that had ever worked. And, uh... Still a cool idea, though. Very different yeah. kill.
1: Yeah.
0: So, she chokes and dies. Then, uh... Before this, Alice finds out because she looks in the refrigerator and sees the 1979 stop-motion animation of all her food spoiling. (laughs) Like, it looked like straight out of Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck was that? There was no need for that either. But, because then you see Greta coming out of the fridge door, she Mm -hmm. slams it, and Freddy left her note, die, bitch. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's all you needed you didn't need the food spoiling Yeah. why add that stupid fucking effect it's never worked in this series alright so moving on Yvonne and Alice visit Mark who is grieving Greta's death and a rift forms between them Uh, Yvonne left she was done hearing the Freddy bullshit so it's mm-hmm. just now Alice and Mark and Mark falls into a giant vagina Like I said, there's vaginas through all this fucking series, and it's a (laughs) pulsating vagina that he's hanging out of. I don't remember. I I thought Mark got sucked. Oh, no, that
1: was the second time. Yeah, Alice saved him this time. Okay.
0: So Mark falls asleep and is nearly killed by Freddy, but Alice saves him before seeing Jacob again. Jacob hints that Alice is his mother. Alice requests that Yvonne get her an early ultrasound and discovers Freddie is using Jacob as a conduit to attack her friends even when she's awake. I do like that. That's a cool plot. Cool idea. Yeah. And has been feeding him his victims to make him like himself. Yvonne and Dan's parents still believe Alice is nuts. Dan's parents insist that they should give them the baby when it's born, and Alice refuses. Alice and Mark research Kruger and the nun, the banda. Realizing Amanda was trying to stop Freddy, they investigate her whereabouts, and Alice goes to sleep, hoping to find Amanda at the asylum. While there, Freddy lures her away by threatening Yvonne. Another horrible stop motion with the diving board. The diving board turns into, like, fingers. Terrible. Oh, wow, I don't remember that. Yeah. So that's how he she falls in and ends I up I just the remember pool with Freddy. her
1: diving into, like, yeah, like a, a pool that's, like, I don't know, a big... Big cesspool. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Alice rescues Yvonne, who finally believes her. Yeah, because Freddy's got her by the fucking hair. <laughs> <laughs> Mark falls asleep and is pulled into a comic book world. And that was a cool transition now. I enjoyed it. It was, that. but they should have just left Freddy's Freddy as Freddy. We, did not, that was a comic book, we did not need Super Freddy. Ah, I love Super Freddy. Better than Power Glove Freddy. No. <laughs> Where Freddy turns him into a paper cutout and slashes him to pieces. That was funny, though.
1: <laughs> it was.
0: It was cool how the color the came color, out of him, yeah, like yeah, he was yeah, bleeding. Yeah. I didn't completely hate that scene, but the Freddy skateboard was cool, though.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. Now, do you own the, the Super Freddy NECA? Yeah.
0: I don't. That's hard to... Okay. It's a, That was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, that, that skateboard was really cool. It
0: was. I need to put one on the wall. <laughs> Not on those walls. It might, might come loose and hit you in the head. Yeah, probably. Fucking ghost <laughs> in this house. Uh, Alice goes to bed to find Freddy and saves her son. Realizing Freddy has been hiding in her every time she fell asleep, she draws Freddy out from within herself. Yvonne finds Amanda's remains at the asylum and joins the fight in the dream world, encouraging Jacob to use the power Freddy has given him. Jacob destroys Freddy and his infant form is absorbed by his mother while Alice picks up a baby Jacob. Warning Alice away, Amanda seals Freddy away in time. But does not. Because, cool ass ending scene. Freddy rips through Amanda as the nun. Oh sorry, head cold. Swiping the glove and all these doors are slamming and yeah. exploding. Slamming yeah. and exploding. like, the, let me out, you bitch. So the <laughs> final metal one slams and then the thing shuts. And then yeah. we go into a cool scene. I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, because Jacob's like, hey, Freddie. I want to be just like you. Yeah. <laughs> She's no fun anymore. Yeah. Why?
1: I'd be more upset that my kid's going to look like him, though. <laughs> it's true. Uh, several you months later, you got Dan, who's a good looking guy, and Alice, who's not bad looking. Like, what the hell happened?
0: <laughs> yeah, why didn't he just make it a normal looking kid? Yeah. Several months later, Jacob Daniel Johnson is enjoying a picnic with his mother, grandfather, and Yvonne. Some children jumping rope nearby are humming Freddy's Rhyme, hinting Freddy's return.
1: But you know what? Freddie's Dead never explained how he came back.
0: No. Which I didn't like. No, and I've been thinking about Freddy's Dead a lot lately, and I think I would have liked to make it like a reunion show or something. Like, Alice is Back. Yeah. All the survivors are back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that would have just made it better. Well, which survivors, though? I mean, well,
1: it would just be Alice, Yvonne, and that's it. Well,
0: you got uh oh, Jesse, Jesse, and his girlfriend. Uh, yeah, because everyone, yeah. So that's four people, though. Yeah. So what? It it's they made another sequel instead of wrapping it up. Is what they yeah. did with Freddy's Dead. Yeah. All right, so we have Lisa Wilcox as Alice Johnson. Director Stephen Hopkins was keen for Wilcox to return as Alex, feeling that her story from the previous installment remained incomplete, which it did. Mm -hmm. Whilst Wilcox received top billing in the opening credits, her name was accidentally omitted from the end credits. Fire the editor. She received top billing over Robert England? I guess. He wasn't in it that much. Very few times on screen. Okay, And she eventually gives birth at the end of the film to her and Dan's child. Robert England has Freddy Krueger an asylum inmate, Freddy's biological father, in the asylum without makeup. Well, later, without makeup. England's makeup was refined again for this film by Howard Berger to make Freddy look older than his previous installments. And he looked wet the whole time. Which yeah. I didn't get. Yeah. Kelly Joe Minter as Yvonne Miller. According to director Stephen Hawkins in a 2010 documentary Never Sleep Again, he cast Minter as she rocked. She was a real firebrand. Minter enjoyed acting in the film, but found her diving scenes near the end challenging as she was suffering from food poisoning at the time. Along with Alice, Yvonne also survives at the film's conclusion. And it's very rare to have dual survivors let alone freddie breaking that race barrier we have a young african-american woman surviving a horror mm-hmm. movie okay yeah. go freddie <laughs> uh erica anderson is Greta gibson Greta's character is that of a model who is constantly having to watch her diet anderson's death scene where she's force-fed by kruger required the actress to undergo a lengthy makeup process, and the final scene was severely cut down to comply with the MPAA. So I wonder if they have the full scene somewhere. Mm. Danny Hassel is Dan Jordan along with Alice. Dan is the only teenage survivor from the fourth film, but is killed early on in the dream child. Hassel felt lucky the producers had remembered him enough to ask him to come back for the sequel. As with Eric Anderson, I had to enjoy through a lengthy makeup yeah, process sure for his is. death scene which was also heavily edited to comply with the mpaa i
1: remember seeing that um the motorcycle in fangoria uh-huh yeah
0: he looks scary as fucking that thing he did yeah beatrice biopal as amanda kruger the character of amanda kruger a nun who was raped at an asylum and later gave birth to freddy was previously played by Dan Martin in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Boeeple plays a younger version of the same character, but found the birth sequence difficult as she was on her period at the time. (laughs) Oh, that sucks, because you're up in the straddles, and Mm -hmm. oh, poor woman. Wit Hertford as Jacob Johnson. Hertford was 11-year-olds when he was cast as Jacob, a future version of Alice's son. Erford was already experienced acting in the horror genre, having appeared in Poltergeist 2 and the revived Twilight Zone series.
1: Who the hell is he in Poltergeist
0: 2? Like a friend? She didn't
1: have it. I mean, maybe one of the followers in the cave. That's what I was thinking. Or maybe he was an extra in the mall scene because those were like the only two um, out of the house. Not family
0: related scenes. Are you lost, little girl? (laughs) Uh, You sound like Joe Biden. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And listen, I don't care, Republican or Democrat, that motherfucker is creepy. Mm -hmm. Despite this, as a minor, he wasn't permitted to utter the phrase, fuck you, Kruger, as originally Mm. written in the script. Why not? Maybe his mom didn't want him to say it. Eh, Shut up. (laughs) Come up there and curse. Joe Seeley is Mark gray. Mark is a comic book fan because the director was a comic book fan. So they changed this whole character around to fit the...
1: The director? Uh,
0: who has an unre- unreciprocated crush on Greta. Seeley recalled in 2010 that he wanted the character to look more gothic, and that would have fit the fucking Castle Dracula, but was given dyed blonde hair and bright waistcoats? Waistcoats. The fuck is a waistcoat? It's like, it's basically it's a, a jacket that's longer than
1: your waist a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not like a, uh, you know, like a full length coat, like a business coat, you know? It's the 80s, come on, man. Okay. You're young.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. In order to compliment <laughs> Erica Anderson better for his death scene, which takes place in a comic book world, Celia and the have extra makeup to appear brighter on screen. Mark's death was also heavily edited in accordance with MPAA guidelines. What
1: the frick, it was paper being cut. <laughs> Unless it was like, because you, all you see is like in the real world, his hand and like blood going on the comics. I think. And after right? that
0: collapse, he was shredded to pieces by Freddy. Maybe there was body parts all over. Yeah, yeah. Nicholas Millay is Dennis Johnson. Malay plays Alice's father, also returning from the previous film. According to Malay in an interview for the Never Sleep Again documentary, a death scene for his character had been shot for the previous film, but admitted due to time restraints, thus meaning the producers could bring him back for this film. Alice's father in this film is a reformed alcoholic and more assertive in supporting his daughter when she discovers that she is pregnant, and he played it good again. What he, he, he did when the yeah. uh. Fucking asshole people came to try and take the baby. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Uh Bird the Betting as Mr. Jordan. This boy was made built uh, Leave for Speed. <laughs> the Betting was already known to the film's producers having played the role of Dr. Serling in an episode in an episode It's a Miserable from the spin-off TV series Freddy's Nightmares. Mr. Jordan wants Dan to pursue a football career and Layden's threatens to have Alice sectioned in order to gain section. I guess that means like
1: uh, That means um, uh, cert- like to certify that she's
0: yeah, yeah. crazy. Co- yeah. Committed. There we go. Yeah, committed. Yeah. Committed in order to gain custody of the child once bored. Alright. Production. A Nightmare on Elm Street 4 The Dream Master was released in 1988 and quickly became a financial success and the highest-grossing film in the Elm Street series up to that point. With the production of the TV spinoff Freddy's Nightmares taking place as well, a plethora of merchandise available. The profile of the franchise with it's at its point so far. Let's skip that a little bit, because Sarah Reiser didn't want to do the baby. I know she didn't want to do the baby because she was pregnant at the time. So then she kind of came up with the the idea of Dream Child as her idea, but it wasn't her idea. Mm. I'm skipping that part. Pre-production on Part 5 was challenging primarily due to the frequently changing script. Director Stephen Hawkins recalled that the bulk of the final film came from Leslie Bowen's script, although John Skip and Craig Spector also added material causing the Writers Guild of America to intervene when deciding who should ultimately be credited for the film. Hmm. Bohem's original draft had Alice and her friends rehearsing a school performance of Medea, and was, in his own words, very weird. But isn't that what they did in Scream too? Was that Medea? I haven't. They were doing a play. I don't remember what play it was. Yeah, yeah. that would be funny. A little nod to Crete or a nod to yeah, Bradley. yeah. Director Hopkins was keen for the film to have more gothic imagery. Really. Mm-hmm. Than its predecessor leading to inserted footage of towers, castles, and dungeon-like asylum. <laughs> the final editing on the film was challenging due to the demands made by the MPAA in order to reduce the on-screen violence, blood, and gore. The most altered sequence were those for Dan and Greta, which were edited down several times before the film could be theatrically released with an R rating in the United States. Ooh, deleted scenes. Several scenes were removed from the film's final Cut. The graduation sequence, which showed Alice's father giving her the camera, was significantly reduced. As a result, there are a number of minor continuity errors, such as Alice holding airplane tickets moment before Dan gives them to her as a surprise. I didn't notice that. Upon its release, the movie was subjected to some cuts in the sequence of Dan's, Marks, and Greta's death to be to avoid being classified X by the MPAA, due to their extremely violent and graphic nature. An unrated version of the film, which contained longer more graphic versions of Dan, Greta, and Mark's death scenes, was originally released on VHS and LaserDisc formats. In Dan's scene, cables can be seen sliding under the skin of Dan's arm. A large piece of the bite pierces his leg, and the skin on Dan's head is much more graphically torn off while he screams in pain. In Greta's scene, Freddie slices open a doll that begins to bleed, and Greta is shown to have a gaping wound in her stomach, from which Freddie starts to feed her. In Australia, the scenes were cut in cinemas but restored to the VHS release. In Mark's death scene, Freddie turns him into paper and shreds him before beheading him. The decapitation scene was deleted from the original version of the film. Despite this, the Australian Classification Board did not rate it R18, giving it a lower M15 rating. As of 2022, New Line Cinema has yet to officially release the uncut version of the film on DVD or Blu-ray, but excerpts of these scenes are found in Nightmare 5 section of the documentary, Never Sleep Again.
1: I don't really so, know. I think,
0: um,
1: I think, I think we're close to 2024. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a box set. Another one the, A definitive one. Like, wow. um,
0: like, like you Never Sleep Again's entered into it and kind of like what they did with Halloween.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the Halloween one and, um, uh Friday the thirteenth. I think it's 40th anniversary. Why not? You know? I I I I have a feeling, and I could be wrong, but with what's going on with the Halloween franchise, what's going on with the Friday the thirteenth franchise, I think we could we could be getting some news on a possible box set or
0: maybe even a new movie. Maybe The film was released on VHS and Laserdisc on December twentieth, nineteen eighty nine. Reception box office: A Nightmare on Elm Street five, The Dream Child, was released on August eleventh, nineteen eighty nine, in nineteen hundred and two theaters in North America. On the first weekend, the film opened at eight point one million, falling behind Parenthood at nine point seven million and James Cameron's The Abyss nine point three million. Both good movies.
1: Uh great. I haven't seen the in forever, but I
0: love Parenthood. Oh such a <laughs> such a funny movie. Early yeah, early, cast, Keanu, early, early Keanu. Early Keanu. Yeah. The film ranked, even though Keanu's girl was busted. Like I always thought she was so ugly. I never understood it. But whatever. Mm. She's a Goonie. <laughs> yeah. The film ranked <laughs> eighth. <sighs> hold on. Yeah. The film ranked Oh, eighth. not only early Keanu.
1: Early Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, he played the little
0: brother. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. The film ranked eighth at the second weekend box office with a revenue of three point six, and it dropped out of the top ten list, ranked at eleven, the fourteenth on the third and fourth weekends. Overall, the film grossed twenty two point one million at the U.S. box office. The film is the highest-grossing slasher film released in 1989, and is mm. currently the second-lowest-grossing Nightmare. The film ranked number 43 of the top 50 highest-grossing films released... If it's
1: the second-lowest,
0: what's the first? Uh, reboot? <laughs> no, because with inflation, the reboot would have to win. Yeah. Um, hey. I want to say maybe right. Dead? Yeah, probably. Maybe two, maybe dead. One of them.
1: Nah, I don't think two. I think I think Freddy's dead.
0: Well, I guess we'll find out when we continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I usually don't go into critical response, but one of these was interesting. Karen James of the New York Times wrote that the film doesn't pretend to be anything more than it is, a genre film that won't totally insult your intelligence or your eyes. Variety called it a poorly constructed special effects showcase with highly variable acting, but praised the special effects, starting that Saving Grace is a series of spectacular special effects set pieces featuring fanciful makeup, bad stop-motion animation, and opticals. Dave Kerr of the Chicago Tribune praised the direction of director Stephen Haw- <laughs> What? <coughs> Sorry. Stephen Hopkins stating using a style-heavy, indebted to music videos. Lots of fast cutting, odd angles, and gratuitous camera movements. Hopkins kept the energy level up, though his matter is a bit too choppy to keep all the diverse elements together. I don't think that's what I was interested in. In a 2016 interview with Den of Geek, Robert Englund recollects the experience working with director Stephen Hopkins. I met Stephen Hopkins, who's like the handsomest man in Hollywood, at a Thai restaurant in Culver City. Stephen was doing Storybirds, and he's such a great illustrator that I just said, take me now. He goes, I want this whole sequence to be like M.C. Escher. I went, oh, perfect for a James sequence. I get it. That's all you had to say to me and showed me his doodle on the napkin, and I was hooked. In the same interview, he also praised the special effects and experience when shooting the film. My best time on that was a sequence in the insane asylum. That was fun because that was my first time with the Floating King camera. There's no crew, it's just me and a hundred extras, and this little teeny camera. It was like having a drone on a little wiry crane. There's a lot of wide shots in that magnificent scene. And there is. And it is a good shot. because it. When you're in the asylum, before you know Alice is down there, they're up there counting and you see all the maniacs bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. And then you see the camera come across Freddy and he kind of looks at it, smiles, and then starts pushing people. <laughs> in a 1990 interview promoting the film... Predator 2 director Stephen Hopkins has expressed disappointment with the final product, stating that it was rushed schedule without a reasonable budget, and after I finished it, New Line and the MPAA came in and cut the guts out of it completely, which started out as an okay film with a few good bits, turned into a total embarrassment. I can't even watch it anymore. (laughs) At least he knows he fucked up. Yeah. Alright, quick little 10 facts. How are we doing? We're doing good. According to director Stephen Hopkins, they got lots of tarantulas, hand-painted them green and red, and on the floor of the stage placed a little wall up in the shape of an arm and had trainers come in and around the tarantulas. The plan was to simply drop the wall and film the result- resulting scattering of the spiders. However, after they got the shot, they were left with a studio full of 200 angry tarantulas. Hopkins figures, we probably carried on shooting on another set, I'm sure. I don't think anyone has ever found them again. Oh God! And as far as the director knows, those spiders roamed freely through the studio and escaped into the free world. Or maybe it was just someone else's job to ensure all the tarantulas were accounted for. But none of that made the scene. That'd be a cool fucking scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen King and comic book writer Frank Miller were offered the job of writing and directing this movie. Hmm, that would have been interesting. They both said, fuck off. (laughs) Stephen Hopkins was given just four weeks to shoot and a further four weeks to edit the film. This Hmm. meant that he had to shoot on one stage while the crew dressed the other, so they could shoot almost continually. After he made it, the studio was so impressed that he was given the task of directing Predator 2, which is strange considering this movie was released by New Line and Predator 2 was 20th Century Fox. Yeah. I like Predator 2. I'd like
1: too. I mean, I wasn't really too keen on Danny Glover being the star, but. It's just funny how it was set, like, in 1999, I think.
0: Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, you had
1: the gags going. It was it was yeah. a cool movie. Like him cool. I mean, yeah, it was an urban jungle. Yeah. And I did like that. I just didn't like Danny Glover. I love Bill Paxton as, like, the hot shot
0: cop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. With his fucking haircut. Mm-hmm. Bill Paxton. He's mm. missed. Yeah. The laughter heard at the end, right before the credits roll, is a clip of Vincent Price laughing at the end of Michael Jackson's thriller. Price's laughter is sampled at the beginning of Cool Moe D's song, Let's Go, which is played during the film's credit ending. See, we even got in the rap, too. Come on, we knew it was coming. <laughs> the end credit song, Let's Go, by Cool Moe D, was actually a diss track to LL Cool J. The two rappers were feuding at the time when this film was made. Hmm. If you were a Nightmare on Elm Street fan looking at that poster in 1988 and 1989, you're probably curious what the heck Dream Child meant and what was going on with the fetus in the crystal ball in Freddy's glove. That baby carriage nail. <laughs> well, the people making the film thought the same thing too. The poster came out before they actually had a clear idea of what the movie was going to be about. Does it take that long to print posters that they have to do it before they even film the fucking movie? Right, right, right. (sighs) At around 49 minutes on the door to Dr. Moore's office just below his name, the name Dr. Talalay can be seen. This is a reference to Rachel Talalay, who had been involved with the franchise since the beginning in various capacities, most notably as directing Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. In the original script, Alice's friends were named Dean, Jen, and Ginger. Dean was a boxer, Jen was an artist, and Ginger struggled with anorexia with scenes of her throwing up to lose weight. They, they, they were changed to Mark, Greta, and Yvonne. Mark was changed to a male character and became a comic book fan. In France, the movie was renamed Freddy Five, the Nightmare Child. Yeah. I kind of like that one. So do I. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: The film was released in nineteen eighty nine, but set in nineteen ninety two, which is actually not true. I would IMDb wrong because on their tassels it said eighty nine. Oh, look at that! Look at your boy finding shit out. <laughs> oh, that has Nightmare on Elm Street five. I mean, watch it if you want to finish the series, but you're really not missing any great scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could like kind of like skip this one and go to Freddy's Dead for her, you know, because like it just like it was just weird because I mean, a whole new set of friends and none of them knows about Freddy Krueger, like, where these kids come from, yeah, she didn't tell them like her because in
0: four, she's one of the last Elm Street children because all of them were in the fucking insane asylum in three, right. Yeah, And how many kids live on fucking Elms? How big is this block?
1: (laughs) It must go on for miles and miles and miles. But, uh, yes. Bittner Avenue in Atlantic City. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Um, Yeah, so we're, oh my god, we only have what, two more movies after this? Uh, Freddy's Dead and
0: um, uh, what the hell is the other one called? I always forget. New Nightmare. New Nightmare, sorry. Are we doing Freddy vs. Jason to finish it? i don't think you don't want to okay Uh, we can
1: just to finish
0: it um i'll have a lot to say about that one (laughs) that's fine same way i do too because i think it could have been done differently and a lot better yeah i i mean
1: i i thought Freddie was he looked really good in it i like the premise i like how like they bring in the hypnosil again yeah but the cgi just sucked ass you get a guy who's never seen a freddy or a jason movie to direct it like and so much like blood splurting like over the top yep yeah so yeah we can finish it out with freddy versus jason
0: definitely Yeah. i was listening to the podcast with two heads mm-hmm. uh sean and uh his buddy And his buddy was like, there wasn't enough blood. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? They had blood hooked up to fucking compressors. There was so much blood. You're shooting blood four feet in the fucking air.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, Jason's and, you know, he's a undead. Why is he bleeding? Yeah. (laughs) He hasn't bled since part four. Like like the scene that one of the cool scenes I remember uh, was when Freddy was hitting the like, uh, CO
0: can um canisters or whatever yes. they were that was cool I did like that, that was a cool scene yeah but yeah why is he bleeding why isn't that just black muck like it has been for the last couple movies yeah, a, exactly. a director that was a fan would know
1: that exactly so
0: alright well and great Freddie pulled them out of hell so he's obviously undead right and why yeah. is Freddy bleeding Freddie bleeds green we saw that yeah. in one f- and three you know and it's a shame because
1: um uh god what is her uh Etsy Palmer was asked to reprise her role and, and she told she them to know. go
0: fuck themselves
1: yeah but she didn't know how popular Jason was yeah. you know and she regretted it but i mean man if we could turn back time i think that would have made the movie a little bit better
0: and kate Hodder it needed oh, yeah. it needed to be kate Hodder yes exactly
1: you know, who cares if he's like the same size as Robert England? You have two big icons. It's of the called 80s. fucking
0: camera angle. You know yeah. what? You could have easily fixed it. I mean, or Mark Wahlberg's a fucking action star at five foot four. I the mean, same thing with uh, Tom, Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, you could yeah. do it. And I mean, just give him lifts, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I guess he, he wears lifts as it is, but it was ridiculous. The but whole look of Jason was
0: horrible. Isn't then. Kane hotter? like six four? No, he's like 6'2". Well, Robert's 5'10". Yeah,
1: and Kane's actually
0: shrinking, so if you see yeah. the convention, he wears, like, the lift boots.
1: And his gloves. Always got the gloves on. Well, that's because he was burned. You know, I get it. Oh, was he? Dude, you didn't hear that story? No. He finally came clean. Uh, dude, you gotta watch his documentary, The Hell and Back. It's on 2B. I- I've been meaning yeah, to. Um, so, for years, he always said it was a stunt gone wrong. But he was being interviewed by a journalist and brought her out to like the middle of nowhere in some desert and did a burn stunt. And it was a little windy. Uh, and that's what happened. Yeah. Know? And the story he talks about being in the hospital, like that's why he's really big with the Burn Foundation because the first hospital did everything you're not supposed to do for him uh uneducated i got yeah yeah it's a great documentary you should watch it i had no idea yeah i'll watch it yeah Yeah. very touching i think irene actually cried so yeah she's so softy yeah
0: it happens all right well that was a great review on not such a great movie (laughs) yeah i mean it had its it had its upsides You can't go wrong with dream killings. You really can't. And all of these were pretty good. My little complaints are dumb shit that didn't need to go in. Like the claymation fridge, you didn't need it. The giant castle scene, you didn't need it. You created a more ominous tone. You could have made this movie scarier. Even Freddy's one-liners weren't that big. My One of my favorite parts is... Like, I think True Freddy came out when he saw a man and he's like, we'll just see, bitch. We'll just yeah. say that w- felt like Krueger, like original. You know Kruger. That
1: would be a cool movie to have. Like, well, I mean, you can't really do it, but because she committed suicide. But like a story revolving around Amanda and I don't I don't know. I would just say to see more involved. Yeah, but it. they did yeah. say when she committed suicide yeah but i think she had to die before freddie
0: became freddie though you know maybe or you could pull her from hell you already pulled fat boy from hell (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that would be kind of cool like an origin
0: you know hey i'm down i'm down i'm always down for something yeah. All right. So we got anything coming out this week? We do not. Um, John Wick four. That's it. Yeah, that's tonight, and it's getting really good reviews too. I gotta watch three.
1: I finished one and two. Three was better than two, in my opinion. Cool. I, well, I mean, I like them. like them. They're fun. Yeah, and there's already like, a spinoff coming out and um, TV show, but uh, yeah, here's the original cut was over four hours long. Damn. I wouldn't mind watching the four hour John Wick movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: shit, I watched the four-hour-long Justice League.
1: Well, God bless you. It took me like five settings to watch that.
0: Uh, I was away, so it really yeah. I made it through it in the night. I really like the longer one better, but what do we know? Yeah. We're only fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get this moving. This has been the Horror Shed Podcast. I hope you guys liked the new intro. We will see you next week with what? I don't know yet but stay tuned. Well, at least a recap of NJ Harkon. We'll get that in, and plus some other shit. Maybe we'll head back to true crime, or maybe we'll just get Freddy's dead. I don't know. We'll see you guys next week.